0: Thanks for checking out a Wannabes 1v1 series. This episode is with Will and Panos, one of our very, very good friends, the Falcon Maine currently in Tri-State, kicking ass. And this episode took place in Will's apartment. They were in the same area, so... Um, the, the, my quality's actually pretty good, but it's just a little different, so just keep that in mind. And I just wanted to give a shout-out to the Wannabees regular episodes they drop every wednesday and if you haven't checked them out make sure to just just give it a listen see if it's for you if you're here for panos stay for will you know what i mean so that's pretty much all i got go to hacksa's nightclub it's a great tournament check out the road to top 100 my new series on youtube and the podcast apps that you're listening to this on that's about it thanks and enjoy panos
1: Welcome everyone. This is another 1v1 episode. I'm here with my good friend,
2: longtime listener of the podcast, Panos. How you doing, man? Dude, I'm really excited to be here. Um what it's been like about a year of friendship at this point. Yeah, yeah very like, unlikely be- like best friends. Yeah, for sure. Um I met you at Well, I met you first at Omega Two yes i remember that yeah we were were still panties then yes i was panties and we'll get into that yeah of Uh, course (laughs) but um i met you there we money matched you seemed like a nice enough guy but you know i didn't get to really know you at all Mm -hmm. and then we met at tasty was it in december january i don't even remember honestly. i
1: think it no it was it was december because i remember the pr just turned it like was like the last tournament before the new pr okay and i remember because it, it was me and hacks in grand finals that time
2: yeah because you right. didn't enter no
1: um and then i invited you to brooklyn kuma day that's the correct. first one yeah and then it sort of taken off from there you said yeah. you were like working in the city now and then yeah you i came over made the trip
2: yeah i started in february of this past year um yeah so almost a year for that too but we've been hanging out we've been chilling we've been talking about melee plenty we've been playing. Melee plenty. So I'm really excited to be here. Really excited to um, bring it to the people.
1: Yeah, I know. It's going to be really fun. I mean, also, we're doing this live, too. Like, we were just playing Melee with Joe. Yeah, yeah. And then we're going to do, like, some board games and other stuff.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, this is super exciting. I know, right? It's going to be super
1: fun. Well, all right. Well, I guess first thing first, like, we met when you moved to New York, right? So I,
2: um,. I started in New Jersey, like I grew up there my whole life, yeah. and I went to Temple University in 2014, it was my first year, and I was there from 2014 to December of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved back to New Jersey, I still live in New Jersey, um, but we met once I moved back to Tri-State. Yeah,
1: but your heart of the region, right, when you first picked up Melee, is Philly, right?
2: Yeah, Philadelphia through and through, man. Those are my homies. Shout out to Philly. Yeah. Um, lot of good people there
1: yeah so like i guess what's your origins are like how did you discover melee around when was it like are you a doc kid like i know you're doing music at the time like how's all yeah. of that
2: um okay so i had a friend when i was in middle school through boy scouts who played brawl competitively this okay. was about 2010 um so he introduced me to competitive brawl and i've always been playing smash and always really enjoyed it before um but I super really got into it for, like, maybe six months, like a year. Uh, I played Pikachu in that game. Oh, that's hype. Yeah. Nice. So I was, I was okay at that. Probably, like, pretty good Arcadian level mm-hmm. um, for Brawl. But I stopped playing. I got really into music when I turned, like, 16, 15, 16. Um, and that took up all of my time. Like, all my extracurriculars in high school was doing music. Um, It wasn't until I got back to Temple University, or when I got to Temple University in 2014, that I started playing Melee. And I'm actually going to tell you a really funny story about it, because I'm not sure if I've told you this story before. No, let's hear it. So, I roll up to this room called the Game Room at Temple, which is like, people come and play board games, or Magic, or like sometimes they have fighting games come in on Fridays, so we always had CRTs in there, um, so people would bring setups, so... I happened to have my controller on me and I was walking by the room and I saw some people playing melee and I was like, Oh melee, like that's a pretty good game. Like, yeah. Like, why don't I go play? You know, no one's playing brawl, so I'll go play melee. Mm-hmm. So I pull up into the room and I start playing friendlies with this guy and he's destroying me over and over and over and over and <laughs> over again. I think I remember this, yeah. but yeah, continue, yeah, continue. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, not only is he destroying me, He's like, "Damn, dude, you suck." And like, he's being <laughs> really mean. <laughs> I was like, "Who who is this guy, dude? I, I like I can't stand him." Turns out it's Smokey Blunts. Classic. Yeah.
1: Classic.
2: And uh currently now Kanagar, yes, that's Artist correct. formerly yeah. known as yes. Griffith and Smokey Blunts. And Smokey Blunts. Yeah. Yep. Um but he was going to Temple University at the time as well, and I was like, "Dude, I can't stand this guy. I have to beat him." <laughs> I have to learn how to beat him and basically (laughs) like my melee journey kind of started from there like i was still doing music school at the time so it was like much more a back burner priority Mm -hmm. and in like spring of 2015 i actually switched my degree out of music into marketing Mm -hmm. and around then like i was just taking a big break from the saxophone um so i really whatever time that was previously filled up by the saxophone is like not you know i like i wasn't doing it for a while so i filled that time with melee and that's kind of when i really seriously got into it
1: that's right how did you settle on falcon i never heard your like character
2: oh yeah story. yeah so i actually started out as a pichu main in melee uh, when okay. i first started playing it because it felt the most like brawl pikachu okay yeah. that makes sense and i very quickly understood that pichu is terrible yes um so i switched to fox and I was playing Fox for a while, and it just wasn't really fun for me. It felt like, uh, I mean, I was a beginner, so like this is probably a stupid thing to think anyways, but like, it felt like Fox was almost too good, where it's like you didn't have, to, at the time, it didn't feel like you had to like creatively think your way out of mm-hmm. every situation. Yeah. Um, And nobody at the school played Falcon. So I was like, well, I don't know, why don't I try Falcon? Um, so I played a little bit of both. I played, like, Fox and Falcon for a while, and then Mm -hmm. I pretty much settled on Falcon. And then I played a whole bunch of other characters. I played, like, DK for a little bit. Um, I would counterpick him in tournaments sometimes. I played Marth. And then I went back to Falcon, and I pretty much settled on Falcon since then.
1: Yeah, but I I remember, like, you're one of the few, like, Falcon, like, very pro-Falcon lovers in... Try say like you have him like fourth on your tier list like no like he's number about. three he's three okay yeah. wait that's right yeah okay can i what what's the reasoning what, what is the tier list
2: what's the reasoning sure um so number one is fox okay obviously fair, i fair, mean fair, well fair. not obviously some people are debating that nowadays yeah. but i think it's fox in my opinion because he just has oh. the largest tool set um and is really can be played very well across a variety of matchups obviously yeah um Next is Jigglypuff at Mm -hmm. number two, which I think also is kind of uh, coming around. I think more and more people are starting to think that because obviously she's super strong in a bunch of matchups. And third is Falcon. And the reason I have Falcon at third, like over Marth um, specifically, is because I feel like Marth loses a bunch of like kind of weird matchups or like it's kind of hard for him. Yeah. Uh, Pikachu comes to mind. Yoshi comes to mind sometimes samus comes to mind i think Marth loses to falcon i think mark loses to Sheik. like with all those like we not weird like losing matchups per se but with all those more difficult matchups like i think that he's just below falcon and falcon's just so good he's so fast all of his moves combo into each other all of his throat well his two like main throws that you use knock yeah. down at zero which is like big i mean not that many characters have that um Sheik has that marth has that with down throw but like that's a really good quality to have and you always get throw follow-ups like Mm -hmm. on pretty much every character he's just he's really good and with like slide offs and crouch canceling and stuff like that and how heavy he is like he's definitely gotten a lot better in certain situations so i'm a big falcon believer
1: that's good i mean that's important like to like like, have faith in that in the character that you play yeah right because you see so many players where they play a character and then they complain about it after they lose. And, like, you're always a good sport, like, with your mentality and stuff. Yeah. But I think, like, definitely, like, having, like, having the belief in the character itself also is, like, pretty big, right? It's, like, making sure your, like, sneakers don't break apart if you're running or whatever.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, I wouldn't be playing a character I didn't believe in. Oh. Like, I feel like that's just a waste of everyone's time. Falco mains. Um, oh, yeah, not. No, I'm just kidding. But they're always complaining. Uh, But... Yeah, I definitely am a big believer in Falcon, and like, I like the way that Falcon forces me to approach the game. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have any like special tools. Mm-hmm. Falcon's just rewarded uh, for being very fundamentally solid. You know, like using your dash dance correctly, like using your wave dashes to space, knowing when to crouch cancel, uh, knowing how your moves space around other moves, and that aspect of melee where it very feels like. It feels very mathematical, Mm kind of, where Falcon feels like X thing beats X. And, like, I have, like, this... I can just map it out, you know, where I'm like, okay, this thing beats that, this thing beats that. It never feels like there isn't an answer to a problem. You just have to be creative and, like, use the fundamentals that you're given. Mm -hmm. So, definitely a big fan of Falcon and believe in his ability.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been picking up Eunice, and they had a really interesting... The only... Well, in fighting games, I guess tier lists aren't as, like, not that they're not a big deal, but, like, I couldn't find, like, a distinct tier list because you can kind of win with any character. Right. But it's really funny because one of the main ones I found was, like, a grid where it was one axis, the x-axis was how difficult the character is to execute. Yeah. And the other one is how well it teaches you the game. right? And I think Falcon is, like, one of those where it he really teaches you all the mechanics in melee very well yeah like if you're coming in hot as new that you can't really rely on anything like cheesy or or anything for yeah. him
2: i mean he has his fair share of cheese yeah okay. i f- mean every character yeah, has yeah, cheese yeah, i mean yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. makes a good yeah, game yeah, yeah. right right yeah
1: that we're all just like yeah. every character has their bullshit
2: yeah but it's like you don't really um like not waste time but you don't really use time like you know learning how to like shield pressure with shine like Mm -hmm. you know you you have to like play like a not more honest but like a more simple shield pressure game and it teaches you the game in that way like very basic very fundamental
1: yeah you cover like more like interactions yeah exactly right like it's not that it's not cheese but it's like you less options cover less things so inherently if you want to be good with a character you have to know more options yeah for sure yeah yeah but you're very much like that like analytical like definitely thinker yeah sort of esque thing and like i know you always tell me it but like for i guess everyone else like music's played a big role in that right
2: yeah i mean my approach to music was very mathematical as well yeah um
1: also what instrument you play sax right yeah i play saxophone all right cool. i've
2: played alto saxophone for 15 years now yeah 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 Yeah, something like that i've been playing it for a very long time Mm -hmm. and especially like jazz improvisation and how um how everything relates to each other is very melee-esque so i'll kind of uh i'll draw the comparisons where i can right so it's like a bunch of you have like scales Mm -hmm. in music right and you can play these scales over certain chord changes um And you have, like, little... These scales are, like, building blocks, basically, to larger sentences. That's kind of, like, what tech skill is to, like, playing neutral, Mm. right? Like, if you can't hit your L cancels consistently, like, you can't expect to play neutral. And it's kind of the same way in jazz improvisation. Like, if you don't know your scales well and, like, where they apply, then you can't play a solo at all. And, like, the skill set also of having to improvise and adapt to audiovisual information that somebody else is uh, giving to you is like that's jazz improvisation in a nutshell right like when you're listening to what the keyboard player is giving you in terms of harmony and stuff like that you have to respond to the auditory cues and um and think of a solution basically to the information that's being given to you that's melee right Like you look at the screen your opponent's feeding you information It's up to you then in the moment to decide and be like okay this is what he likes to go for this is the solution that i'm crafting Mm -hmm. around it um so i kind of think of melee as a bunch of little problems that you can solve right and and music as well it's like okay i'm in this situation like what can i do about it i'm in this situation what can i do about it i did this he countered it with that what counters that Mm -hmm. um like there's that level of like analytical and mathematicalness and music and it very easily i think translated to melee
1: Mm -hmm. so
2: do you think like did you notice that
1: like when did you i guess realize that comparison like i guess melee is cool because like the more and more you understand the game the more it's like becomes a cooler game right which is like very unique right right but when did you first draw the comparisons of like and like come to that like because i've heard you talk about that like so many times right yeah like it's just a very pathos like mantra yeah you know mm-hmm. and so i would say like yeah when did you draw that
2: comparison pretty early in really? playing the game yeah because okay. it was like i mean i had already kind of understood how to learn something yeah. right and like once i like Actively applied myself to learn something Mm -hmm. else like it was so easy to like find all these situations where I was like Okay, like this is like doing this in music like Mm -hmm. receiving this information and like Approaching it with that analytical brain. I think helped me Although I kind of got distracted a lot of the time and played a lot of characters that Didn't ultimately benefit me in the end. I think that analytical mindset has helped me improve Like, I think that's what I need to improve, Mm -hmm. you know? I don't think everybody needs to be that way, but I know for me, like, it definitely helped me cement uh, my approach. I mean, you know, like, setting up practice routines for myself, like, cycling through certain things, um, the way in which I practice, like, doing Mm -hmm. it in, like, five-minute chunks. Like, these things are all things that I took from music, and, like, being able to instantly apply it to Melee made the comparisons very easy to make. Mm-hmm.
1: I find that so interesting because, like, it's always, like, I think when people come into the scene, we always think of them as, like, oh, like, they're new to the scene, they're buying canvases, sort of, right? Right. But it's so interesting because, like, everyone has, like, their backstory that's clearly influenced in their, like, gameplay and stuff yeah. like that. Like, you know, I don't remember what episode, but, like, JD talked about, like, how he, like, really needs to hold himself accountable in a way and, like, how that, like, translated from, like, you know practicing like keep him ups in soccer and mm-hmm. juggling the ball to like what he needs to do and like what works best for him to like motivate him in melee right and like for me it's very much like this is like <laughs> almost to a certain like stubbornness like like banging against a wall like mentality from of like hard work from like crew and playing right and like rowing in high school and sort of it being like this, there's, like, sort of no excuses. It's about, like, just putting in time and putting in work. Yeah, Right? Because, like, in rowing, there's, like, it's not necessarily that there's no skill. It's a really, like, skillful thing. But a lot of it is just, like, this, like, repetitiveness, right? Yeah. Uh, to it. And so I find it really interesting, like, how everyone's, like, influenced before they get into Melee, right? Yeah. And it's, like, very rare, like, and I guess we're both from the same cut where it's, like, we discovered this game in college, right? Like, yeah where we are already, like, so influenced and, like, not, of course, like, not fully developed or, like, you know, we're still growing into our own selves, yeah. but like, still a lot has influenced, like, us and, like, the way we approached it, especially as, like, a newbie. Like, I always just practiced tech skill when I was, like, right. when I first started with Vox, mm-hmm. because I was like, okay, like, I need to move and stuff like that, and right, you know, I live in upstate New York, so yeah. that's what I'll do.
2: Yeah. Literally for me, it was, like, I saw Wizard play, and I was like, that. Really? That's it. He, to me at the time... Like, was, that,
1: that, was that your moment, like, when you saw that? That was like, yes. Yeah, exactly. Really yeah, interesting.
2: Like, his kind of... Um, his way of playing, where, I mean, we've talked about this a couple of times, but, like, I feel like I'm really bad at... Mm-hmm addressing my weaknesses sometimes it's like the yeah yeah i'm like (laughs) i'm a person who finds little aspects of the game that i really like yeah and i want to explore every single facet of that you Mm -hmm. know but like the stuff that i don't necessarily enjoy about the game i'm like not as eager Mm -hmm. to approach and Wizrobe made the most sense to me it's like dude he's literally just like playing to his win condition all the time and then executing perfectly. Look how broken this character is when he executes perfectly, right? I was yeah, like, I want to do that. And, like, it also gave me a lofty goal to achieve, mm-hmm. you know? Where it's like, think about how many hours you have to put in as Wizrobe to become Wizrobe. Yeah, to get that. Yeah, yeah, like, you need to be regimented. You need to, like, design your life, kind in a way, at least for him. You yeah. need to, like, design your life around this gameplay that you're doing and that was like so fascinating to me so i just kind of fell in love with it It
1: mm-hmm. was that so like he's clearly like your muse but like was that like hmm. okay interesting and you know i have to bring this up yeah of be, but i have one more question before we get into it yeah, like, yeah sure about the i've quoted you on it so many times so i mean we have like i have you on here so yeah cool. we have to talk about min maxers yeah for sure but like obviously that's your muse right and what was like your just tiramisu shout out to like honestly like one of the first 1v1s because i love this question and mm-hmm. i haven't asked it since is like what was it, like the moment you think you like got hooked was it was it that or was it like a personal moment like beating you know smoky blunts or whatever you know like yeah. like do you have something as vivid as that because i definitely remember for me it was like Grinding and being like a super tryhard in like, uh, you know, a college of like yeah. kind of not tryhards because mm-hmm. it's upstate New York, and then finally making like number one on the PR right. for that, and right. it took a while, honestly. Yeah. But like, I remember that moment being like a very like great like first arc end. Yeah. For myself and in, in, in the game. Yeah. And so like, I wonder. I'm curious to see if like you have yours. And we, I know we've never talked about this. So yeah. I'm like actually curious on that. Um, or was it like a slow like loving the game? Yeah, which is I,
2: it's I, it's different for everyone. I'm not sure that my passion. I mean, I love melee. Melee is an amazing game, but I'm not sure that it was like I was destined to do this. Mm-hmm. I think I'm addicted to grinding. Okay, like when music kind of fell out of my life, I was like. Dude, I don't know what to do now that I don't have something I'm doing every day and like trying to improve at, you know. Yeah. So I was like, I just instantly filled that void with melee because I was like, this makes the most sense. This is the most tangible thing. Like, it's just like music. Like, what you put in, you get out, for the most part. Yeah. For the most part, there's some talent involved, but I mean, that's life, right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um. But that kind of and seeing the improvement. You know because i feel like i at, at first like relative to a newbie like mm-hmm. i did improve really fast you know yeah. because like i kind of knew how to learn um in terms of like i love this game like i want to i want to pursue it like really pursue it i went to DreamHack atlanta in november of 2016 yeah and i had been playing slug like every day for like a year at that point right he had been in school for a year and i took drunk sloth to game Three. Oh shit! and that felt really what good. year was this 2016
1: oh so it was like when drunk was also like hot, yeah yeah hot stuff. he was I mean, good he still is hot, yeah stuff, for sure but like
2: like arms up and up up and up
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: and he went off at of that tournament too he got 13th um uh, yeah that's right that's right but like playing well in that moment and like executing almost i mean almost everything that i wanted to but like relative to my skill level like i should not have been cutting it that close with him yeah but that feeling was like i felt like i was playing super high level i was like yeah this this is the game you know and it was kind of reinvigorated for me this year um because i was like fall not falling out but i was like getting frustrated with myself i was like dude i put all this time into this game is it just a waste like i don't have anything to show for it like i have a couple wins locally but that's it
1: yeah i remember there was some dark dark yeah. dark times you didn't talk to me for a while <laughs> yeah you dodged all my texts yeah
2: <laughs> yeah i mean i needed to sort shit out in my head like yeah of course and life and in this game but mm. um then i went to small three and i kind of popped off at that tournament and yeah, that, that was, was a like a sick tournament for yeah, you. you beat say i did be two saying yeah. yeah and that was like a reaffirmation for me of like okay this game is amazing like oh, and the awesome. people that are in it are amazing so yeah
1: i mean small Through was such a legendary homie tournament yeah, right like sure. i mean like late laden late in one but like like it was all like very little top 100 like two say and slox i think were the only rep, reps right yeah and then it was just all like people who could beat each other mm-hmm. and so like and that always see each other at like the regional so it yeah. was kind of really hype yeah for sure
2: it was definitely a really fun tournament to uh yeah because it was you
1: be, me Layden, Slocks, to jd jojo haas Swooper, Wally, J. mook yeah yeah that was an. Yeah, that's an i mean that bunch already is yeah obviously. for sure and, and Lynn, there was many more and laden of course because no lynn
2: Oh, Link was there. That's right. Yeah, Lint and Linton played That's finals. the Grand Finals. You're right. I got destroyed by both of them. It was bad. Oh, that's
1: rough. One and two. That always hurts. Yeah. That always hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. But I guess, like... No, I definitely feel that. But you also had to deal... Like, I guess one thing we talk a lot about... God. Like, I'm already... Like, we're already talking, and I'm just thinking, like, I need to have you on again. Because <laughs> we're just, like, revisiting, like, stuff that... Like, not revisiting... Because it's always new and, like, with a different spin. Yeah. We, we talk about this a lot. Yeah. Like, with, with all of our car rides mm-hmm. and, and hanging out and, you know, booling together. Yeah. But, like, you're one of the few people that, like, I know I can relate to in terms of, like, coming out of college, getting a job, trying to, like, work on life stuff also yeah. while actively, like, grinding and, yeah. like, pursuing Melee. I guess, mm-hmm. like, and, like, you've had such an interesting arc right like with a, w- like within the past year yeah like just to recount it like right you know wins over like Slocks playing really well against hacks like adam that tasty major that flavor major major yeah. flavor beating squid at the end of it but then in between you know before pre-squid like kind of falling off a little bit yeah. and like you know needing to reset right and you yeah. to like work on life stuff before melee yeah you know re- refining your like refining which isn't a word, but whatever, like your, you know, passion in music, working on, you know, that project as well, which you yeah. have going on. Like, I guess, how has it been post college? Like, as a, because it's very rare that, like, you know, we're, I, we're just in the same boat. So, I, yeah, I, I think like it's super interesting. Yeah, because you're one of the like the few people I know. Like, I can be like, oh man, like this happened, and you're like,
2: yeah, I feel that. Yeah, and sometimes it sucks. Yeah, I know. Um, honestly, it was. I'm a person that's very, uh, I tie up, I think, so I'll kind of start the story over and say that one of the big reasons I dropped out of, not dropped out, but I switched majors in music school. Yeah, of course. Is because I'm somebody who very closely ties their skill at this thing that they're passionate about to their worth mm-hmm. as a person, you know, and like um, when I like have like these quote-unquote bad results i lose to very good i i think these players that i lose to are good yeah um but it's like when i have these quote-unquote bad results and like i get in my own head it's because like wow like not only do i suck at this game but i suck Mm. because i'm not able to like show for the work that i put in you know like i'm more frustrated at myself and that kind of like self-deprecating mindset you can't have that Especially when you're pursuing something like Melee, where you'll never achieve perfection. You'll never achieve the thing that you want at the end of the tunnel, like, all the way. Yeah. So, I really needed to, like, take some time and be like, okay, what are the things that make me happy? Mm-hmm. Like, I love playing music. I love playing Melee. Like, and I love reading. I love... Um, watching movies like these kinds of things i was like i need to incorporate these things in my life in a healthy way where it's not like i shouldn't be playing melee like it'll be the end of me if i lose you know dude i i I so feel that (laughs) i was so scared of that too yeah like
1: yeah like the if i stop playing melee and i just like end here like what was it for yeah exactly
2: i need to be playing melee because like i love it and i need to be making music, because I love it. And it just, it was taking some time and being like, okay, there's no pressure here. You're Uh the only one putting pressure on you. Honestly, can I swear?
0: Yeah, no, I fucking swear, yeah. Okay.
2: Honestly, nobody gives a shit if I do well or bad, right? Like, they could fucking care less. They go home and the last thing they think about is who I lost to that day, or won against that day, right? It's like, it's all me. So why not just make it the best for myself that I can and, like, not be so fucking hard on myself all the time? Like, you will get there. You know, I think you understand more than anybody, if you take the everyday steps to achieve your goal, the likelihood that you get there is very high, Uh right? Especially in something like Melee. Yeah. So, like, just hold yourself accountable, practice every day, play the game, you know, take some time for you, do other projects that you like, so when you come back to it, you'll enjoy it. It's not like a chore anymore, you know? You don't have to be so negative about it it's a yeah. video game it should be fun right I,
1: yeah no that's so true it's so interesting though because i had this really random thought well I, so i don't know if you get the same i get grumpy like you can ask pilar my girlfriend for you know people that don't know uh like she knows i get antsy when i don't get to play melee like <laughs> every like <laughs> at least once a week sort yeah. of thing and it's so funny, because I got so antsy. I was watching a random... I tweeted about this, but I, want, I was, like, watching a sports anime, because you know that I, I love main yeah. protagonist shit. Super corny main protagonist. Like, he's small, but he just wants to play basketball sort of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, like... And I was... So I, I got so frustrated, I couldn't even watch it, and I, like, we just went for this run. Like, mm-hmm. this super long run. And... One of the thoughts I had about it that was like so aggravating was like, and but it, it still rings with me now. And I thought, it, you know, this happened right before Christmas, so okay. it's been a, so it's been a while. But it's like if the metric is melee, like it's just that you have so many metrics to go by, right? And you have to pick and choose what's okay with right. you, because if the metric is melee, then I'm not good. But if the metric is life, you know, that's also up for debate, you know, being just straight out of college and not like, but then, so then like, and it was so not infuriating, but I just wrote like, because I just recorded my, like journaled my thoughts. I was Mm -hmm. like,
2: ah, yeah,
1: because like, it was like, I want both, but like, you Mm -hmm. have to kind of just like figure out what metric like is good enough for you. Right. Because if it is melee, there are clearly players that are traveling more, that are working harder, and that doesn't mean that I'm not working hard, but right. then it's also because, like, I'm also, like, trying to meet another metric, which is work and, you know, yeah. making, being, in the pe- like, financially independent yeah. and, like, you know, having, you know, like, an awesome relationship and, yeah. and all of that, and so, like, I think it's so interesting because there was no answer, but it felt like clarity where... I just finished the like the little short like tidbit journal of like being like ah
0: yeah no because it's so
1: interesting and frustrating also like being right. in your mid twenties like trying to pursue
2: you yeah. know two plus things at once right and and greatness wanting to be great yeah at right? all of them it's it's not easy for sure and it's especially not easy because I think you're somebody. And i think i kind of have the same problem mm-hmm. we definitely cut from yeah, a similar yeah, cloth. for sure where like our brains are a lot further along than our play you know like i think we see the players that we want to be mm-hmm. and it's right there yeah it's right? right there and we're like dude we just have to do this better and like i would be so good and mm-hmm. it's so much harder to make that incremental game than it seems you know especially when it's like right there in front of you and like it's basically hitting you Mm -hmm. um that feeling is like super frustrating and i you know i totally get it because like not being able to achieve that what you see right in front of you makes you feel bad yeah you know it's like Wow, I'm bad at melee because I'm not the Panos that I envision myself to be, mm-hmm. and that's just like objectively not true. Like I'm not bad; I'm yeah. pretty good, you know. Yeah. Like also, congrats consider. second on Jersey. Thank you, thank you, and I th- thank you, and I think it's kind of like the same. I think you might have had kind of that same feeling where it's like, yeah, I feel bad because it's like, you know, I'm not at this top seventy level player that I see in my head. Um so reconciling that is definitely a really frustrating... And I think every Melee player, you know, sees Melee much further than they play it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's definitely a frustrating thing to to cope with. Yeah. yeah. But- I think also the
1: tough thing is we're both such purposeful people. Like, you're like, ah, oh, something isn't working. Or, oh, I need to do this. So let me just do this. And it's like, we're still kind of... It's that sort of patience where we have to, like, kind of still let the cards fall. Yeah, exactly. Because we already want the cards to be played. Yeah. And, and, and But we're, like, too far ahead where it's, like, all right, I want to see the result. I want to... There's this, like, lack of patience or, like, antsiness to our... The way we improve because I think we're so... Like, we're just, you know, talking with you It's and you can disagree. But my read is, like, both of us are very, like, purposeful and like driven yeah. in, our, in the way we improve mm-hmm. it's not like this like meandering like oh maybe i'll try that maybe right. i'll try this it's like you know like like a great example for me personally was like realizing that i'm making it farther in bracket yeah but having no stamina so then going to the gym to have that stamina yeah like it's a very like a is b to c sort of thing mm-hmm. and i feel like you're very similar in that so then yeah. when it doesn't when it the fruits aren't yielding yet that's frustrating yeah
2: for sure especially when you're you're already making taking those steps because sometimes it's just like and my saxophone teacher actually told me this in college and i think it was something that really stick he's like Mm -hmm. you're not practicing what you're practicing right now to be able to execute it tomorrow you're practicing what you're practicing right now sometimes you're just going to be taking some random solo and it's going to come out and you haven't thought about it at all in like three months Mm-hmm. and you're just like well what the hell where the hell did that come from that's the moment that you're practicing for be patient and it's it's definitely super frustrating because it's like damn i've been practicing my lift dashes all week and i didn't hit any of them in tournament and it's like well it, it'll add up eventually yeah. you know if you keep going at it
1: so mm-hmm. and you there's, it's so funny because there's such special moments in melee where you see that yeah like like uh Maggie magi yeah magi right yeah, magi. magi uh getting the amsa tech into fast fall into ledge yeah. dash against mango to to eventually win the set yeah like like how many times have you but th- that's the most frustrating thing right you can never pick your moment yeah and you'll never know your moment yeah until it happens yeah and i think that's what's like super crazy about super crazy about this right yeah
2: yeah but like Almost nothing surpasses that. Like, oh, in terms of, a like, a high, right? Yeah. Like, hitting, like, a crucial tomahawk grab last stock into death, it's like, yes. Yeah. Like, this is what I've been working towards, you know? Like, I read the shit out of him in that moment. <laughs> um, That feels really good.
1: No, um, I mean, that's truly what's, like, super, super addicting and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. The
2: serotonin high.
1: Oh, it's such a serotonin high, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, like getting in tournament adds that little extra spiciness to it for sure right because like we can hit in friendlies and pop off yeah but like hitting in tournament oof. yeah nothing's better yeah for sure Mm -hmm. but i guess okay so we're talking about like practice and stuff like that had to get back to it
2: yeah your your
1: own theory that you you know i only i've only heard of it from from you i'm sure people have other ways of wording it but like minimum min and maxers right yeah you want to like give first a brief summary, but then like, yeah, like how do you view it in like, yeah, like us two? Because you compared me to like Cactuar, which I found really interesting. You play I, a lot
2: like Cactor. I
1: never thought I played like Cactor. You play a lot like Cactor. I, I Cactuar is like a fox that I also never watch, which is really interesting too. You
2: should watch him play. You'd be really surprised. Really? I yeah. I think I think you'd be really surprised.
1: All right. Well, first get into Min and Maxers, and then we're coming back to this. Okay. Okay. I'm okay. On, Cause I'm so curious because I was listening to commentary, and it's not that I like disagree with it, right? But I'm just like, really? Cause I I'm just a diehard, drug fox fan.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and that's I, like very apparent. Yeah, and I think in in some ways they play very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll get to okay. So the the framework is you have minimizers and maximizers, right? It's kind of like a spectrum. You have mm-hmm. um, two opposite ends. So a minimizer is a player who like, actively addresses all their weakest points and tries to improve them. Think Leffen, right? He's probably the most obvious uh, example of that. Like, Leffen will address any weakness that he has and, like, try to solve it in the simplest, least complicated way. Mm -hmm. A maximizer is somebody who takes their strengths... Like, they pick up the controller, they're pretty good at a couple things, and they just max out those stats, right? If you imagine yourself like a Skyrim character, like, you have a couple stats that are just like, boom, massive, and the other ones are, like, kind of tiny, whereas a Minimizer is a little bit more, like, evenly spread out. You can think of, like, Wizrobe, I think Mango is a good example of a Maximizer, Zane, when he was on his come-up, was a good example of a Maximizer, right? He mm-hmm. was playing, like, pretty degenerate neutral, and I think, like... <laughs> We we still kind of see it sometimes, but like it's much more well rounded now. I think he's not always dashing back. Like yeah. when he was on his come up, it was like literally waiting the corner, falling forward air over and over again. I mean Zane is sick. I'm not like knocking Zane's play at all. Yeah, of like, course. It was clear that he was he was playing to a certain game plan. Yeah. Um. So yeah, those are kind of the two um, methodologies I think that people have uh, to kind of improve or or just playstyle in general. And I think, we've talked about this before, but I think maximizers actually get further quicker, mm-hmm. right? Like, somebody who can perfectly reaction tech chase with Sheik is probably going to get pretty good results, right? Because the players at their locals aren't going to be perfect enough in neutral where they won't mess up four times in a game yeah. and won't die every time. That makes right? sense, yeah. Um, whereas a minimizer, I think, will take you much further. Mm -hmm. If you think of like a drug fox or a leffen, where we look at the peaks of their play and it's like, dude, literally nobody can touch this guy. Like, Mm -hmm. how how on earth am I supposed to compete with that? Whereas if you watch Wizzrobe sometimes, it's like, okay, there's a lot of very clear holes that are being exploited in his game plan right now. Uh So that's kind of where the, the whole methodology, not methodology, the whole framework came from, just like watching different players and kind of like just noticing... That this was a thing over time, uh, and yeah, I feel like I'm definitely a maximizer. I feel like you're more min.
1: Yeah. So first, I guess about you, like maximizer, because like definitely you're from the wizard of cut, and uh-huh. like you like you're trying to really max out those like reaction type chases yeah. playing reactively and stuff like that. But I think that like what's interesting is that I think I think the where we deviate is that like yeah i can see why minimizers can go farther right but at the same time like you think of like amazing maximizers and it's like the the x factor is the fact that you know in a fighting game and this is like just true for any sort of competition right right right, where you're interacting with someone else yeah you know whether it's you know a video game or in real life right Mm -hmm. in a sport um if you can force them to play your game where your strengths just significantly outweigh right. your opponent's strengths right where, you know, maybe X doesn't matter because you're playing a Y sort of game. You know, if that makes sense. Right. That, I think that's when maximizers, like, really, really shine. Like, yeah. one person I think that's really amazing about that is, like, or a set that I think is a really good example of it is uh, Moki versus Fiction. Okay, at which tournament? At, uh, I think was it Big,
2: they house play or... a big house i feel like they play i a big want to say house. big house okay
1: but don't quote me but everyone can just google it. <laughs> yeah yeah um but fiction was playing so fast yeah and that wasn't because he wanted to and right fiction lost right because and he even tweeted like i'm never gonna like play that fast again and yeah it's Moki. but Moki forced him to play where speed and those like more instinctual like Gameplay sense was the determining factor. Was the determining oh, yeah. factor in this yeah. game five set, mm-hmm. and I think that's so cool because it's yeah. like clearly Moki played on a skewed battlefield and he had the higher ground, right? Because of, of his like, and not to say that Moki's just a maximizer, right? Like right. everyone's, it's a scale, it's a spectrum, yeah, but, for sure. But it's so interesting because like that was such a clear thing where like that thing decided the set,
2: right? Exactly, and I think that another really amazing example of that is Zane versus Mango yeah right i mean he literally just forced him to play a one-player game like zane did not get to play at all and it's Mm -hmm. like if you're at birthday bash yeah yeah birthday bash yeah yeah, that makes maximizers i think will inherently have higher peaks yeah um but i think minimizers will have more consistent play across the board probably Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean like if wizrobe literally executed his game plan perfectly every time like there's no way he wouldn't win every set right Mm -hmm. like his his game plan is just so perfectly sculpted out and his reaction times are so godlike that i mean it's he's just gonna kill people every time that he hits them you know and he's insanely patient um but if you take a look at a guy like crush or like leffen or drug fox i'm naming all fox players but they're other players (sighs) yeah of course i think ppu is another good minimizer Mm. um if you look at those guys... Lot, I think, is a good yeah, one. Lot Lott is a, Lot's of, a great floaty example, for yeah. sure. Um, if you look at those guys, they generally don't play super bad, you know? Not not that often, anyways. Um, whereas you see Moki losing to a Morse code a couple times. You see Wizrogue losing to an RK. Lucky. You know, L. Fiction. L. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just the approach that you want to take, you know? There's no dead set best way but in general in my heart i feel like minimizers tend to be more successful across the board
1: Mm -hmm. all right wait so i'm gonna just ask jd to like cut this out i really gotta pee
2: go for it dog
1: no so yeah that makes sense like about minimizers and maximizers Mm -hmm. so like it's interesting though because I feel like you don't really it just happens inherently yes like like there is sort of no choice to the matter almost like you can not, not choice but there are certain like tendencies that you look for like even like when I play I try to think about like where I'm overextending like what I guess the best way is like you know me I, I love quotes but like you know Bruce Lee of like really chopping I guess this analogy of having like a block of marble right and removing marble to make a statue right removing the excess yeah yeah exactly and i guess that's like very much the way i think about like thought about the game like when i first started out Mm -hmm. and stuff like that
2: but yeah i think like generally people's like natural problem solving skills like will lead to one like, I feel like if you ask KJH to solve a problem, like, he'll just inherently think of something way more complicated than it needs to be sometimes. Yeah. Because, like, that's where his brain goes. Yeah, you take a you know? K- you
1: give KJH or DJ a problem, and you, you come out to different solutions. Exactly,
2: right. And that's the beautiful part of Melee, man. You can watch two people play the exact same character, mm-hmm. and, like, they look so different, right? Yeah. Like, Cactuar, for example, apparently, apparently... <laughs> looks a lot different than Slox. Yeah. He does. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you play a lot like Cactuar because he waits in the right, uh, way, in the same way as you, in neutral. Like, you are very much a person, I think, who plays the player more than the matchup. Um. Yeah. <laughs> like, when when we play friendlies, I, I thought she was agreeing with me. No, I know. That's <laughs> super funny. Um, like, when we play friendlies... You're obviously very good against Falcon, but it's never... It doesn't feel like when I play Hacks, for example, where it's like, he's really exploiting my character's weaknesses. When mm-hmm. I play you, it feels like, wow, he's really exploiting my weaknesses. Interesting. Like, you do a lot of, like, waiting in neutral when I like to, like, scrap in the close quarters and, like, you throw out up tilts in a very particular spot that, like, intercepts my approaching aerial. Um, you play around me at the ledge, like in a very, like, calculated and and spaced way so I can't just nick you for free coming off the ledge. And those Mm -hmm. qualities are, like, when I played Cactuar when he was in Philly, that was stuff that I had to grapple with all the time. I was much worse back then. Yeah, of course. That playstyle is almost more frustrating to play against because it's like, wow, like, he's just, like, in my head, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. as opposed to just, like, wow, he's just shining me out of shield every time I hit it the wrong way yeah yeah that definitely makes
1: sense i guess that's true it's so funny because i i find it so interesting how people how other people perceive your i guess your your character and your play style yeah exactly because i never i always think like you know i always talk about this with jd like i always think that like i'm like i do the game plan stuff and jd does the playing the player stuff playing the player stuff interesting and I've always perceived it that way. Huh. So I don't know why, like... And I think it's because, like, I, I, I think about the options... I, like, in my head. This is right. just, i more reciting it. But, like, I think about, the, like, the options, and then I know what beats what, and I know what situations to play out. And so then I just play those situations, and I leave it up to my reactions to kind of execute on that. Right. right? Very similar. Like, that's why, you know, I... What's interesting, because... I don't view that as, like, playing the player, but, like, just, you know, just watching what's on the screen and right. watching what's yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so interesting, because you're right with Hax, he kind of just bullies you Yeah. because, I mean, Hax is the best example for this, Yeah. of, like, he just bullies you because he's putting out a move that, you know, 80% of the time is this advantageous yeah. in that spacing. Yeah,
2: for sure. He's just, like, hitting you because he can, you know? Whereas, right. like... I think you have a much more calculated approach to playing me in neutral, Uh, Mm -hmm. which is why I would call you somebody who plays the player more. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like you're always very honest in the way that you... And honesty being a subjective term, you know, whatever it means. But you're always very honest in the way that, like, you tomahawk and grab me when I've been shielding too much. Like, you... Uh, dash gets an extra time when I'm like aerialing out of the corner in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. Like those things feel like okay, he's just reading me, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to like bullying me the same way that Hax does, mm-hmm. or even like like I mean, you were commentating it like Aklo
1: versus Jojo, right? Yeah, such a bully.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, he was bullying him. But... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's so
1: interesting, though. I think like oh man, I had a thought that was gonna be interesting. Oh, uh, darn. It. It's it, just, okay. it just escaped me. And
2: I don't mean to discredit like the work that you've put in into matchups. You know, no, like, no, no. Clearly, like, obviously, you've put a lot of thought into it. But when I play you, your strength to me is like, okay, he has me figured out in this mm-hmm. moment. Not necessarily like he's the best fox player or Falcon in the world. You know?
1: Yeah. No. No. Yeah. I mean, I definitely get what you're saying. I just remember rewatching the vods and being like, oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Because I never viewed it as that for myself. Yeah. And. Maybe I have to watch some Cactor now. Dude, he's actually the goat. He's really? so he's so goated. He, I love Cactor. I've seen his Marth. I know his Marth Falcon is nuts. Yeah, he's
2: he's really he was one of the like one of the guys in the old days who like beat Dark Rain. They called him the Falcon Slayer because he beat Dark Rain, and it mm-hmm. was like you know nobody was really beating Dark Rain yeah. at the time. I love that so, matchup,
1: Fox. Yeah, or against Falcon.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, so okay, so this is what I, it's interesting, right? Yeah, sure. Is similar thing though nothing new but uh you know both of us right we're, we're vying for 2020 right yeah for sure and we're putting efforts like you recently sponsored right yeah i mean and... i've
2: been like doing it like as a favor kind of yeah, but yeah the situation's working out more like an actual sponsorship yeah which is really exciting right yeah i love big tasty if you um please follow tasty games on twitter they're they're amazing people i'm super excited about it for sure
1: yeah no, tasty games is amazing yeah runs some of the best stuff in coming out of Jersey yeah for sure super homey super yeah. supportive yeah I mean amazing that you know you have like you know a slash before your tag
2: yeah for sure right because um, like
1: you think about when you're like brand new you're like oh man, that would be so cool yeah for sure it was a cool thing um mm-hmm. but what I wanted to get into was you know both of us are vying. eventually there needs to be a switch where we need to tackle the other side of things right you tackling minimizing yeah me tackling maximizing yeah right and so do you think that like is that your mindset going into like making the push this year right like because in my head like you know it's not something yeah in my head it's like a lot of refining still and like being better at maximizing like edge guards right. tech chases and mm-hmm. like m- really maximizing my punish game i think is like yeah my biggest like goal right now personally mm-hmm. because i i feel really comfortable in my neutral
2: right
1: um not to say that it's like perfect but like that's right. just like what i want to like zone in on
2: mm-hmm.
1: are you trying to maximize in 2020 or like minimize
2: um minimize minimize for sure
1: so it's the same it's like eventually yeah. we hit that swap yeah. right
2: i think at this point like my punish game is going to be about as good as it's going to get. Obviously, it'll improve over time, but, like, the amount of that grinding will affect that mm-hmm. is less and less, the more I need. Less return. Right? Yeah, less, for re- sure.
1: Less returning investments,
2: yeah. But, like, thinking more about neutral, and, like, even an observation, like, wow, he's waiting in the corner a lot, and, like, or I'm attacking out of the corner a lot and getting grabbed for it, is not something I would normally say after losing a set. After losing a set most of the time my thoughts are i didn't hit enough edge guards i didn't tech chase well enough i didn't um i didn't grab him for shielding mm-hmm. it's like much more like offensive kind of like the things that i feel like i'm already good at you know like i just want to get better at them yeah whereas now i think the kinds of decisions i'm making coming out of a set is like wow i did this really poorly mm-hmm.
1: yeah that definitely makes a lot of sense like mm-hmm. Yeah, and you'll get more returning investment into it. Yeah, like, for sure. For for
2: this year, I'll make bigger gains quicker probably by investing into something mm-hmm. I haven't invested much time into, as opposed so, to the other way around. Yeah, so like, I guess, how are you like approaching that? Um, I'm trying to watch Falcon players that I play nothing like. Okay, so like which ones? Uh, I feel like I'm watching a lot of Nun. Okay. Suddenly, I'm watching a lot of S2J, uh, specifically for how he maneuvers around the platforms. Mm-hmm. And I'm how watching oh sorry you are you no. watching and I'm watching a lot of Cotton Smokers nice
1: Yeah. do you think all of them are
2: minimizers
1: no no okay
2: no. I would say none is he's a minimizer in certain aspects okay um I think that he's a minimizer in the sense that he comes up with a lot of uh very creative solutions to certain problems yeah that like are his weaknesses but he doesn't he, like, still refuses to play a certain way, Mm -hmm. right? Whereas, like, I think S2J is more of a true minimizer at this point. Remember before, like, he didn't hit any edge guards. Like, he wasn't really tech chasing. Um, And now, like, edge guarding is much better for him. He's doing a lot more of, like, the WizRoad style reaction tech chases. He's playing, like, a much more calculated, less risky neutral. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm watching him. And I think Smuckers is... He's probably more on the nowadays he's probably trying to do more maximizing i would imagine Mm -hmm. to get back to the form that he was at yeah um but i imagine eventually he'll switch back to minimizing yeah of course that makes sense and like
1: yeah so i guess you're watching them like what are you noticing what are you looking for specifically and like yeah all that stuff because we never really talked about like the way you watch VODs, which is honestly you know now five years in like it's so crucial yeah for sure. in the game you know with the era we're in the slippy era, yeah. era right now yeah. where you can get everything and see everything and see all your mistakes mm-hmm. if you put in the time for it right. and look for the
2: right things which is kind of crazy yeah one thing so shout outs to slippy for that yeah for sure shout outs to Sli- i'm actually a patron oh you're a patron yeah. nice yeah i figured five bucks a month for that technology is is worth it i um, know right so please donate all right please you know sub is it called subbing Please become a Patreon. If yeah, you can. I think it's subbing. All right. Yeah. Please sub or... They know what
1: they're... They're, they're, yeah. they're Twitch they're yeah. Twitch people. They, they know what it means. All right,
2: cool. Um, What was the question? How do I watch VODs? Yeah, I mean, like, you're building
1: a stream. You're doing VOD analysis, right? You're yeah. doing... I know you talk with JoJo a lot about mm-hmm. it, and I see you tweeting about your stream, which yeah. you should definitely plug because it's a
2: sick stream, but... Twitch.tv slash pandas. There you go. SSBN a little bit louder a little bit louder twitch.tv slash panos sspn all right there you go guys but you know i see
1: you putting a lot more work in into like the VON analysis stuff and Mm -hmm. like i guess what have you sort of seen or noticed or like what's been working for you in that because everyone has like their own sort of routine and like way of going about like for me it's like very much just like i do it during my morning commute the only reason i have a premium youtube account is so i can download VODs. yeah and, like, I'm looking for two, three things that I don't know the answer to. Right. I'm hoping to have ideas by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I go about my VOD analysis a lot, yeah. unless I'm watching, like, myself. And then yeah. that's where I see, that's where I find questions to ask mm-hmm.
2: to watch other VODs, if that makes right. sense. Right. How do, how do you go about it, though? So, I choose uh, one set to watch for an entire week. Interesting. Um, yeah. So the first day, I do a very detailed VOD analysis where I'll, I'll start and pause for every interaction, and I'll assign mm-hmm. the interaction one of three things: punish, neutral, or defense. Well, okay. I'll put a little thing next to it, and then I'll write the interaction. Right. Are you drawing this down on paper or are you using? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, okay, cool. I have an actual notebook at
1: home. All right. Cool. Because there's this cool app uh, that lets you like keep notes at as timestamps on a VOD, oh which you might like. If you're yeah. trying to build your stream,
2: too. I'm definitely down for that. All right, I'll,
1: I'll, I don't know what it's called right now. Yeah, send it to me. But me I'll later. send it to you. But continue. So yeah, on paper, yeah. which, you know, arguably studies have shown is better anyway. Yeah. For memory-wise. yes, yeah, exactly. Okay, so continue.
2: For me, the kinetic, like, remembering the moment where I wrote that down is how I remember things. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, So kind of the reason that I'll do that, call it P, N, or D, like punish neutral defense, okay. is like... I can look at the end of it... Uh, I can look at the end of the bot analysis, tally them up, and be like, okay, I need to work on my punish game. That's my macro thought. Then mm-hmm. it's like, what do I need to work on my punish game? What kind of situations have come up the most often in this bot analysis? Mm-hmm. What do I need to work on in my neutral game? You know, What situations come up the most often? And then, same for defense. Um, so when I'm watching these more skilled players play, uh, generally i'm looking at the things that they do that i would not do okay like it's like he none made this choice here he got an up throw he could have gotten a grab, but he went for a double jab and instead read the roll back with a knee Mm -hmm. we saw him do that Um, (laughs) type w no i'm just kidding um but it's like why did he do that in that situation well it's like okay it secures him a stock much faster and, like, thinking about those situations and it's, like, rationalizing why these players are making these decisions that I would not have made helps me to then weigh it against my own decision mm-hmm. and be like, he made this decision for this cho- for this reason, I made this decision for this reason, his decision works out better in this in this scenario most of the time. So let me just cop that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you gotta cop that. Yeah, so yeah I feel that. It's bad. doing that over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I watched the same set the whole week yeah, is because on day 3 and 4 you notice something very different than the things you were noticing at the start just because of the way your brain works right? Mm-hmm. like we said people have different tendencies within the context of the game it's like your brain is going to notice the thing that you notice first just because it's the way that your brain works but by the time day 4 watches around or rolls around you've mm-hmm. seen that situation so many times and you're attention immediately goes to it so you then like actively are seeking out other scenarios that you didn't understand first and that way you can like fully extract all the juices from the, uh, from the VOD analysis it's like there's this thing in jazz improvisation called transcribing which is basically you learn how to play someone else's solo whoa that's, yeah. that's cool because it has a lot of information in there and there's this thing basically where there's 12 keys in it there's 12 keys in western music mm-hmm. when you learn like a piece of musical information you learn it in all 12 keys so you can be able to use it as versatilely as possible right that's kind of what i'm trying to do with vod analysis like take out all 12 keys from the from the vod like It's the buffalo. Like, no part is wasted, you know? That's why I watch it for an entire week because there's information that I might not have gotten on day one or day two that might come up on day five or day six. Huh, that's so interesting. Yeah. And so different, too, from, from my method, which is really interesting. Yeah, I think you're trying to solve specific problems. Yeah. Whereas I'm, like... Trying to get as much information as I can and be like, okay, this is interesting, this is interesting, this is interesting, that's interesting, that's interesting, and then pulling those things together and creating a practice routine around that. Mm-hmm. That's a, yeah, that's so interesting. Because, yeah, you're right, I'm trying to solve like specific problems, like
0: right. just for
1: comparison. Like, yeah, mine is like, I'm presented with a problem, like, oh, I'm really bad at corner pressure, I let slocks get out of the corner a lot. Right at Hacks Nightclub, Club, rewatching my bot. That's the big concept I'm looking at during the week, right? Right. Then so then I start watching other players on the train as I'm going into work. How are they cornering them? Right. Right. I'm noticing like say something super specific. Like okay, they're mixing up obviously like very easy, but like they're mixing up their bear timings. They're mixing up between fast fall bear like platform through bear, short hop platform through bear, full hop platform through bear, short hop bear, all of that shield right. drop bear. And then, then then, after that, thinking, like, noticing, going back to my question, now that I have the information, right? Right. Not that I've seen the ideas, I've seen what other people do, seeing how I do it. Seeing, for example, that I fade away my bear a lot. Right. right. Um, which, like, shield drop fade away bear never really nets you a strong punish. Right? right. It's always, never will it, because at most, you're fading away, it's going to be weak, you're not going to actually kill them for it, Right. right. And then going into twenty XX or you know, you know Uncle Punch, and then labbing those situations out. Yeah. And and then and then trying to implement it in game, and that's very much like how I've been using mm-hmm. my VOD analysis, right? Or like, or also like watching it and seeing like, oh, I need to learn this, I need to do that, and I have like just a notebook on my phone of like literally styled stuff that I can lab. Yeah. And then going in and putting in the, the TV time for it. Yeah,
2: for sure.
1: And I guess that's, like, how I'm tackling things mm-hmm. in 2020. And right. I know that works for me. And I think it's apparent with, like, stuff that you see I'm, like, very practiced at. Like, um, like those tech chases I got, like, on sl- slots and, like, Smoky yeah. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Where it's, like, literally, like, that's just, like, the situation I practice. And it's, like, almost, like, I guess the way I view it is, like, if I can get to X if I can get to X situation, then I know what to do. Right. Right. As long as I'm like all gears and engines are wrapping right. up, right? And that's
2: that's playing to your wind condition. Yeah, that's it's the that's the thing. Yeah.
1: Playing figuring out my wind condition, I think, is the best way to put it. Yeah. But it's so interesting how different our like VOD analysis
2: is. Yeah, for sure. I think Um Yours is a little bit more practical in, mm-hmm. in a way. Whereas I think Mine just satisfies my curiosity a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, but our needs are also different, though. Yeah, for
1: like, sure. You know, you're coming in from more of a maximizer, right? Exactly. Aspect, and I'm coming in from more of a minimizer, right. so our strengths and needs are inherently different. Yeah,
2: for sure. Um, but yeah, Vodanossis is so exciting. Yeah, it's like well, it's tedious, but the information you get out of it and applying the information because like. VOD analysis has all the info, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the information's all there for you. The interesting part is extracting the information, interpreting it, and crafting a practice routine around it. Practicing Mm -hmm. that thing, going into the game, executing it. Now you realize you're weak at something else. Let's start over. What's happening next week? What are we working on next week? And the week after that, and the week after that. Um, That, like, grind and slowly solving all these little problems obviously is super gratifying, like... Yeah. So that's why I both enjoy VOD analysis and like it's something I'm steering towards more because it's like I'm getting to a point where I'm solid on some stuff for now. Yeah. You know, of like I don't know how much I need to grind reaction tech chasing every day outside of like maintenance practice. Mm-hmm. Like do it ten fifteen minutes out of debt every day. Watch animations on the bus, something like that. You know. Mm-hmm. But I could get a lot of uh, benefit out of practicing my ledge tech skill or, like, practicing my aerial drift so I can, with punish Jigglypuff when she's going for back airs. Like, situations that I'm losing more often, like, I need to be focusing... have more focused attention on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Super cool. Yeah. I
1: mean, that's super fun. Yeah. Like, that's, I'm getting, like, a facebook thing that's weird i'm gonna close it jesse you're ruining this podcast don't message me it's okay <laughs> that's kind of funny uh yeah i i guess i feel that also just the joke was that jesse was messaging me um uh no but that's super interesting like yeah steering towards i wish someone told me about vod analysis like earlier because it's so good yeah I think what's one of the most fun things about Vaughn and Alice for me is, like, um, and we both love, like, other fighting games. I know you like more, like, DBFZ stuff. Yeah. I'm very much more of, like, a street fighter, mm-hmm. you know, get trying to learn newness right now, sort of, you know, preferred watching.
2: And that's funny. I think that might also play into... Are mid-max personalities i think street fighter is much more of a minimizing <laughs> like, it's it's true though right yeah, like, yeah. DFC is like a lot of button pushing and like but yeah sorry continuing no no no, no no finish, I just thought that was funny. no i just that, thought that was so
1: funny, funny. no no i was i like like i mean just like i was just like you yeah what? it's just where our Damn. brains
2: are naturally attracted i yeah. like all the moving things like you're more like this is very honest rock, paper, scissors, and, like, it's super cool that he's just, like... like, Did he
1: just fucking walk up four times and grab?
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, who is this (laughs) guy? exactly, exactly. Sorry to finish your thoughts. Yeah,
1: yeah, but what was so interesting is, do you ever, like, uh... I mean, I've learned that, like, and this is just gonna go for the rest of my life, that I love fighting games, personally. Like, any fighting game I love, right? Mm -hmm. But it's so cool watching another fighting game for fun, because that's what I do to relax a lot of the time. And seeing them implement the idea, and then trying to think, how do I spin this for Melee? Yeah, for sure. Like, that, like, do you have those moments? Because I think those are, that's also, like, another type of VOD analysis, almost. Yeah. That's, like, super interesting, because it doesn't, like, 2D fighters just don't translate naturally to Melee, Mm -hmm. and you have to put a spin on it so that it works.
2: Right. Um... Yeah, definitely. I think about that kind of stuff all the time, like how I mean, like,
1: or maybe not with with fighting other fighting games, but with music or whatever, like other concepts. That's like, like, I wonder if I see can see this melee.
2: So there's this really good Greek tennis player, okay, Stefanos Tsitsipas. He's like the sixth best tennis player in the world. He's Greek. Okay. And I've been watching a lot of his matches, and like obviously there's a lot of parallels between tennis and melee. There's a whole book basically that people read, The Inner Game of Tennis. All these melee players read it. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason why, right? Yeah, of course. Lots of parallels to be pulled out there. But, like, especially, like, the competitive mindset and looking towards other athletes and, like, how do they cope with that um, is something that I explore a lot. But definitely, like, fighting games, uh, when I watch them, I, I, I learn a lot about, like, how to play neutral and, like, how to play to the information that your opponent is reading you. Because I think melee... More so than any other fighting game, you're able to muscle your way to a victory more often than not, right? Like you can just have more tech skill sometimes and straight up win. (laughs) Dude, that's so true. In melee, it's (laughs) just it's it's the truth, right? Um, I don't know if that's true. In fighting games at least when i watch it it doesn't appear to be true
1: especially the newer know? ones yeah definitely the newer ones i think like maybe with the older ones like marvel 2 yeah for sure you can bully people yeah but you can't bully them the same way like when you're bullying them in like street Fighter 5 for example right. it's like you're in their head yeah more than like you're beating them in speed
2: yeah exactly and that like that interaction where they're Reacting to the information the opponent is feeding them. Mm -hmm. Uh is is kind of what I've been extracting out of fighting games more recently. Yeah. That's so
1: interesting. Yeah. Damn dude. Damn. Fun.
2: Yeah. Do you have do you have any other do you wanna shout anyone out? Say anything like that? I mean, this is your
1: podcast, dude. Like you know. How how do you wanna close this? How do you wanna shout this out? Like you know. Big, like, what else has been on your mind? Like, I mean, just in general. Does yeah. It doesn't have to be melee. Like, yeah. life stuff, 2020, it's big. Yeah, Where it's a new sure. decade. Like, we're an adult. For we're sure. adults. Yeah.
2: Spend some time loving yourselves, Uh podcast listeners. It's super important. And I don't think it's stressed enough. It's stressed enough. Um, There's this weird stigma, socially, that you seem strange for talking about things that you're passionate about Mm -hmm. with other people.
1: So weird. Yeah. It's
2: like the weirdest social stigma in the world. I know. Do not fall into that. I've had a lot of people recently, like not shame me, but you know, they like look at me a certain way when I start talking about these things that I really enjoy. Like you guys know yourself best and we know ourselves best. And I think like 2020 is like love yourself. Like, Try and be better, of course. Be better tomorrow than you were today. But that's kind of like the mindset that I've adapted recently, and I hope like other people will do that as well. You know, just loving themselves. I know uh-huh. you love yourself.
1: Yeah, I know, and I love Dude. you too. I love you too, man. Dude. Uh, um. Yeah. yeah. I know. We make Joe jealous. We make Young jealous for sure. Really? I, I think so. I mean, like he's my roommate, <laughs> but like sometimes I'm just like, it's like should I be worried about pan <laughs> <laughs> No, you, shouldn't. you Man. shouldn't. No, but that's... That's so true. I think... Yeah. One... Dude, one of my... Have I told you about the... The oxygen mask analogy? No, no, go for it. Really? Oh, my God. So, this, I think, applies to everything. <laughs> but I think that, like, a lot of the time, like, even, like, with, like, relationships or whatever, a lot of time, I think people always try to, like, overextend themselves and, like, they put themselves out there when they don't have the capacity to... Right. ...to help or to care yeah right? and that's not because necessarily very rarely are people just assholes yeah and it's more about like having the capacity to to take care of another person yeah. right and so i always view this oxygen mask analogy which is really simple where it's you just like in the airplane and you know whatever you know we always ignore the safety speech that airplanes give yeah but like if the oxygen mask falls first put it on yourself before you put it on others yeah and I always view that as like, you need to first take care of yourself. Yeah. And you know, give yourself what you need. Yeah. Before you take care of other people, because you need to like have the capacity to care, right? right? And I think that's so apparent in like everything, not just like relationships, but even in like work and stuff like that. And a lot of times, I think it can come off as like selfish sometimes. Right. But to take care of yourself so, so that you can be the best person for another person or for uh, you know another situation or whatever yeah. i think is super interesting yeah like sure. that's definitely my favorite analogy of
2: like 2019 yeah for sure. for sure and i think like you know when i went off the grid for a little bit like it's not personal no you know? it's yeah it's like i needed to do me but like i came back much happier and yeah. like i have a lot more stuff figured out um, I mean, that's why I was never mad at you. Yeah, I was for like, sure.
1: I was like, yo, know, like, let's go, dude. Like, remember, like, you would be like, hey, man, like, I'm just, like, kind of going to keep it low, so, like, sorry about that. I'm like, dude, like, just yeah, yeah. take what you need. I'll, yeah. I'll be I'll be here when, when you come back. Yeah, and you're a good friend for that. Yeah, of course. But, like, yeah, you know, like, I think it's just so important. Like, I was super proud of you when you did yeah. that, you know? Yeah. And I know, like, JD also, like, does the same stuff with, like, what he needs to do, and, you know, I think it's, like, so misunderstood, right? Because it's it's always like a people think of giving giving to others first before themselves, and yeah. like that's that's good. Don't yeah. get me wrong, that's good. But like in the end, like it's better to give what you need to yourself, and then you know give as much to another person as you can. Yeah. Afterwards.
2: For longevity, right? You don't yeah. Want for to learn longevity. Out on like, just you know. Yeah.
1: And, like, I don't know, I guess, like, the reason I'm bringing it up, right, because it's, like, kind of, like, super meta, maybe a little bit more out there compared mm-hmm. to it, is, like, because, like, for me, I view that a lot of the time as, like, spending time to play Melee, to, like, yeah. recharge, right? Yeah. I, mean, I know you're the same way, where yeah. it's, like, you need to give yourself that time to, like, recharge no matter what, so that you can, like, go back to work the next day, yeah. you know, you know, see, see other, you know, see people, yeah. meet people, and be social.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, I. it might be, it, it might be a little bit different for you because you are in a relationship and, like, you have that, that aspect of your life, but, like, yeah, for me, course. I'm my truest self within the context of the Melee community. Mm-hmm. I feel like I do a lot of coat switching at work and at home. I feel like I'm playing a character of myself sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? And that feeling of not, not being allowed, but I'm just very conflict-averse, and if I'm myself, I cause a lot of conflict in those situations, so I try um, to avoid that, but that feeling of getting to be myself, getting to play Melee, getting to recharge, it's like, it's been, it's been super great to, you know, first rekindle the, the passion for the game, but like, these, these little passion points that I have in, in music and Melee and using that time to be my most honest self has really been great. And I hope that everybody uses Melee as that opportunity or whatever situation they're in. You know, if they have a significant other and they use that time to be their most honest self, that's that's a great thing too. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, that was fucking beautiful. Oh, thanks, man.
1: Dude. I love you, dude. Love thanks you for too, coming man. on. Dude, no problem. Uh, I mean, you're here in my apartment, so you want to just play more Melee? Uh, I'm down. I just oh, want... wait, we need to check if we're eating first.
2: Yeah. I want to, real quick, shout out Will for having me out on this podcast. Uh, if you're, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're already listening to it, but please, like, uh, can you, like, follow the page on Spotify? You can, yeah, you can subscribe on, like, yeah. Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts yeah. and
1: Spotify and yeah. Podbean and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, JD and Will are both really intelligent guys, and they often give tons of nuggets of information uh, that I use and my personal growth and melee growth uh also shout outs to tasty games i mentioned them a little bit before but big tasty is a really big really good friend of mine and has enabled me um to kind of get more into streaming and like you know just kind of being able to do more melee related things in my Mm -hmm. life which i'm super appreciative of shout out to tri-state uh yeah i mean like philly's my home (laughs) i made a face (laughs) philly's my home but since i've moved back people have been very accommodating and welcoming Mm -hmm. like i feel like it's been really good i've made a lot of really good friends in new york you nico Gabe, like all really nice people joe um so yeah shout outs to all that and shout outs to the self-improvement grinding will and i making the top 100 this year big ass, big ass. we got it oh. yeah we'll be
1: fine yeah we'll be fine genesis though you're you're heading out you're doing the yeah i'm flying out a week
2: early to grind and that's gonna be hype yeah it's gonna be fun well dude best of luck likewise man hopefully we don't have to play that would be a bummer uh, i would have flew that. all the way to california oh my god just dude can you imagine other? that i'd be so mad dude why are you scaring me i'm gonna no, have nightmares now me. it's not gonna happen oh man. my
1: god dude there- I'm ending this. All right. sorry everyone. <laughs> Any final shout-outs, though? Dude, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, though. dude. I mean, uh, this has been... You were one of, like, the first fans. Dude. Yeah, After sure. Miso. I think I think it goes Miso, then you. Yeah, yeah.
2: I love the podcast. I'm so happy to be a part of it. And I hope that uh, people enjoyed it. And if they didn't, just pretend that they did. All right, sounds good. Dude.
1: Cool. Love you, man. All right, love you, too, man.